Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Don't you just want the truth? Don't you want to know what's really going on? Don't you want to know where you're supposed to be? Where you're not supposed to be? What you're supposed to do, what you're not supposed to do? Who you're supposed to be with, who you're not supposed to be with? Don't you want to know whose voice you can listen to and you should listen to? Well, do I have an answer for you tonight? And I'm not even talking about the coronavirus and our response to it. I'm talking about life in general. Don't you desire the truth? Don't you want the truth? Don't you just plain and simple wish that you knew someone whose voice was always truthful and who always had your best interest in mind? I have an answer for you. I do tonight. Because this is our reality. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth. I'm so hungry for the truth. I desire to hear the unfiltered, unaltered, plain and simple truth. Because I'm tired of hearing what the world has to offer. Because if all that I have is what the world has to offer with opinions and opinions and so-called facts and so-called research all coming at me all the time, if that's all that I have, I'll be so lost, so confused, so anxious, so worried. Or on the other side of things, I would think maybe I've got all the answers and what I know is the absolute truth and therefore I fall into pride and arrogance. If that's all that I've got is what the world has to offer, I don't know which way to turn. Because when I see what's coming at us from the world, what voice are you supposed to listen to? You've got a voice you like to listen to. You've got a different voice you like to listen to. Some people like this station, others like that. But which one? Is true. I want to take a poignant example and use it to prove a point tonight. And the example that I'm going to share with you, I don't have a strong opinion on, and my opinion doesn't really matter anyways. I just want to use this example to make a point. And I'm going to use an example that's in front of our faces right now, literally. The whole idea of wearing a mask in this world in which we live right now. Again, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not expressing any opinion or any direction to you about what you ought to do. I'm just stating the facts. That prior to April 3rd, what was being told to everyone was, you don't need to wear a mask. Right directly from the CDC itself. Don't wear one. Actually, the research at that point said it it actually could be more detrimental to you than helpful. I pulled up a 
an article. There's all kinds of writings about this stuff. I'm sure you've seen it and heard it. But I just pulled up one article from March 4th from Time magazine, in which at that point, it had direct facts and research right from the CDC saying, you know, you shouldn't do this. It, it likely will be, cause you more harm than help. But then as you scroll to the bottom, it said this article has been updated as of April 3rd. And therefore, there was a new article that I linked to on April 3rd because on that day, the CDC came out and said that perhaps for some people in some situations, wearing a mask could be beneficial for them. So the second article I read had research on both sides of things saying maybe it could be, maybe not, maybe this kind of fabric, maybe, maybe not. And as I, I read the whole article, and it took me getting to the very last sentence of that article. Under a heading titled, The Bottom Line, the very last sentence of the article stated this. Even with new federal guidance, the issue is far from settled. Just because it's a policy, it doesn't necessarily suggest that these scientific questions are truly, truly answered. And so, again, those of you watching here tonight, don't get me wrong. Do what you need to do and what you believe is best for your health and, and those that, that, that you surround yourself with. I'm just using this example to prove a point, which is how in the world are we supposed to know what to believe, when, by which voice coming at us? Where does truth come from for us? From this world? I could have chosen almost any issue in our daily world to prove that same point, right? Any, any issue has all kinds of different sides to it. And so the question remains here tonight. The question of the night is this one. What is truth? Now, I'm not going to ask this question from a philosophy 101 college-level class. This question has been debated since people have been alive. And so those of you who have studied philosophy maybe know all of the different arguments about this. I am not going down that rabbit hole tonight. The reason that I ask this question, the reason this is our question of the night is because this was the question that Pontius Pilate posed to Jesus on the day that he was crucified. Pontius Pilate, you know this man? He was the Roman governor of Judea. So we have the nation of Israel where God's people live. Right now our setting is the city of Jerusalem where the temple is. It's Passover and so the city population has tripled in size likely from 50,000 people to 150,000 people. But above that, the Roman Empire is covering much of the known world at this time. And the way the Roman Empire worked, the way they liked to take over lands, was not to impose their culture on the lands necessarily, but they allowed the people in their empire to operate with a certain degree of freedom, so long as they didn't try to kick out the Romans, and so long as they paid their taxes. If those things were going on, everything was okay. So Pontius Pilate is the governor of Judea, this region, and his responsibility and all of this, his desire is to make sure that people just stay in line and don't cause any problems. So when a mob of Jewish people 
bring this man, this so-called king named Jesus, to Pilate. Pilate has to deal with the problem. You see, the Romans didn't give any permission to the Jews to do executions. So if the Jews wanted anybody executed, they had to go to the Romans. So here the Jews bring arrested Jesus to Pilate. Pilate starts questioning Jesus, conversing with him, trying to figure out who this guy is. And after their conversation, Pilate finds no guilt in Jesus. As a matter of fact, Pilate actually works to try to have Jesus released. (laughs) But the Jews cry out, you're no friend of Caesar, Pilate, if you let this man go. And Pilate is worried about a potential uprising. And so in all of this, Pilate has the question to Jesus, what is truth, Jesus? In the Gospel of John, which we have been reading as a church here at Saints Peter and Paul throughout the season of Lent, the word truth in the Greek language is mentioned 29 times in the 21 chapters of John's Gospel. 29 times, and almost every single time it's used to talk about the work of Jesus. Now, I'm not going to share all 29 references to this word uh, truth in the Gospel of John, but I do want to share a few of them. If you've got a Bible with you or you're journaling Gospel of John, you can take that out and circle these passages with me, or after this is done, go and rewind the video and find them again. But here are a few I'd like to highlight tonight. Right from the beginning, John chapter 1, verse 14, And the Word became flesh, And dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 17, just a few verses later, the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In John chapter 5, Jesus says, You sent to John, that's John the Baptist, but John the Baptist has borne witness to the truth the teaching of Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 32, Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Famously, in John chapter 14, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. In John 15, when Jesus was promising the sending of his Holy Spirit, he said, when the Helper, that's the name for the Holy Spirit, when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, this Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Jesus, on this night when he's betrayed, so yesterday night, in John chapter 17, he's praying for his disciples, and while praying for his disciples, he says, sanctify them. That means make them holy, Father, in your truth, for your word is truth. Your word, Jesus made flesh is truth. Now finally, we get to this conversation that Pilate had with Jesus in John 18, when Pilate said to Jesus, so you are a king? And Jesus answered him, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And then in the next verse, Pilate says, So Jesus, what is truth? This final one, this is the last time 
in the Gospel of John, out of all those 29 references, this is the last one that's mentioned. Never again is the word truth mentioned in the Gospel of John. Why? Maybe you could say that by this point, Jesus doesn't need to explain truth anymore. He doesn't need to point them to himself anymore. They should understand that by now. Maybe it's because from here on out, the actions of Jesus will demonstrate that what he has said will happen, will happen. So by his actions, he is confirming his word of truth. So he does it. He dies. He rises. Spends 40 days with his disciples. It's all true. It's all true. Because Jesus is the truth. This week, all throughout this week, many of you have stopped by the front of our church to pound a nail into this cross. Maybe as you look at this picture, maybe you know which one is yours. Look at it and find it if you pounded a nail into that cross. And if you didn't pound one in, imagine where you would have placed it. What would that experience have felt like pounding a nail into the cross? And being reminded that while you pound that nail into the cross, that's a reminder of how your sin died with Jesus. Your sin died with Jesus and you're set free. This cross has been a custom here at our church on Good Friday for the last 10 years or so. And normally we form a line right down the center aisle one by one. Children through adults pound nails into this cross. And we usually all use the same kind of nail. We've got a basket of nails, and so at the end it all kind of looks uniformed. This year it's different. I don't know, maybe I kind of like it this way. Maybe it's a little better this way. Each nail is a little different. It's a little unique. Kind of like the people who pounded the nails there. And also kind of like the sins of ours that died with Jesus in his death. They're different. They're unique. Think of it like this. I don't know where you pounded your nails. Some of you are over here. Some are over here. Some of you pounded your nails in the places where Jesus' hands would have been. Some of you put your nails way down here in the bottom, right where Jesus' feet would have been. Some of you put your nails up high where Jesus' head would have been. Some of you put them right here in the middle, right where the heart of Jesus would have been. Maybe we could think about it like this. Some of the sins that we confessed or that we daily confess even today are sins of the hands. We've done things that we shouldn't have done. We've touched things that we shouldn't have touched. Some of our sins are sins of the feet. We've gone places we shouldn't go. We've walked into situations where we should have stayed away from. Or maybe we stayed away from ones that we should have entered and could have been a positive presence. Some of our sins are sins of the head. We've thought things that we shouldn't have thought. 
We've looked at things we shouldn't have looked at. We've listened to things that were not good for our minds. We've spoken things that were hurtful or harmful. Sins of the head. and Some of our sins are sins of the heart. Anxiety. Worry. Stress. Fear. Pride. Arrogance. Selfishness. Every one of those sins, from top to bottom, side to side, every one of them, gone, forgiven, set free. When we gather together for Easter morning, every one of these nails will be gone. Just as they were gone from the hands and feet of Jesus Christ on Easter morning, so these will be gone and this cross will be draped in white. What a great celebration that will be. But for tonight, we're reminded, we're reminded that the whole body of Jesus, the whole entire life of Jesus was laid down and wounded for our transgressions. Or, better yet, as the prophet Isaiah says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You don't need to look anywhere else for truth when it comes to the truth that matters. Jesus paid it all for you. With his love that looks reckless to the world, he paid it all for you. He gave up his life that you can have life and have it to the full. Today, that's, that's your reality. You live right now as a forgiven Loved child of God, don't ever forget it. This is true. Jesus is demonstrating it to you by laying down his life, taking your sins upon himself. Don't look anywhere else for that truth. Don't look anywhere else for forgiveness, hope, joy, peace, or life. For Jesus is all that you need. This is truth. For tonight, this is where we're going to close the story. Don't forget, though, it's not the end of the story. Far from it. This is the close of a chapter. And I hope a close enough that it makes you want to come back on Sunday morning and hear more. But let me leave you with this. Here's where we leave the story. Jesus' hands are pierced. Jesus' feet are pierced. He has been struck on the head and a crown of thorns covers those wounds. He has had a spear pierced into his side from which blood and water flow. His whole body is taken down from the cross and placed into a brand new tomb.